Hello and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.iamwomanproject.com.au. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favourite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at I Am Woman Project and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today we have the energetic, bubbly Dr. Frauser, who is an author of two books for women. She wears many hats on a daily basis. One, being a professor, another a mother, a wife, a daughter, a friend, and a mentor to many of us. Dr. Frauser is currently a National Community Engagement Director for an international US division and a graduate of the Leadership and Change PhD program at Antioch University. For more than 20 years, she has offered consulting services to a number of small businesses and organizations. With a vast, diverse network within and beyond the US, Frauser is called by her friends as a master networker and partnership broker. You can learn more about her research, the book, Rules of Engagement, Making Connections Last, and the multiple services that can grow your personal and professional life. So let's get into the show. Frozwa, thank you so very much for joining our show today. It's been an honor getting to know you and speaking with you and even more so having you this morning or this evening, this afternoon for you on your side, by the way, uh, today. Thank you for having me. I'm most appreciative of the opportunity. Oh, you're most welcome. I just had to have you on the show. After speaking with you last week, there was so much that we had in common and I think your background is very different to my background, although, but very similar goals. And I thought I just would love to have you on the show and, and get people to know the beautiful you. Thank you. So before we get into it, I always ask our guests to, to tell us a little bit about them. So um, if you'd like to explain just a little bit to how you got to where you got to today. Well, the, the condensed version is... Um, I got here by a number of wonderful experiences and opportunities that have happened. I grew up in Shreveport, Louisiana, and, you know, had wonderful parents. And even now my mom is sitting here listening to me do this interview. And I was very fortunate to have a mom who pushed me and, you know, really encouraged education. And so now... Um, I, I credit her and, and all of my experiences where I'm able to work with women and work with nonprofit organizations and really try to help make people's lives better. Uh, I'm a mother, a wife. I have a wonderful 
um, daughter who is 15 going on 45 and simply amazing to watch um, what happens when you spend time with people and pour into them. And so that's kind of it in a nutshell. It really is a long journey um, that we don't have enough time to go into. But um, all of those things have really shaped and formed who I am as a person. Oh, I could, You know I love your accent, don't you? I could sit here and <laughs> listen to you all day long. I'm just I'm also looking at your uh the name Solstice. How did you come up with it's such a yes. and Solstice CEO. I love it. You you know how that happened is I I thought about the summer and winter solstice because it's a changing of seasons and I used the word soul because I wanted people's lives to be changed when they came in contact with me. And so that was how the name came about is I wanted to create a change, not just, you know, something that's temporary, that people, when they walk away, there's some level of transformation that's happened. And so um, I've had the business for, gosh, over 10 years, and it really has been an opportunity to, to work with organizations and individuals helping them to look at the way that they do work and become better and more effective and efficient in the things that they try to do. Oh, awesome. So what's the best part of your job, do you think? What's the best part of my job? Working with people. I get a chance every day to connect to some amazing individuals who have great stories. I'm a person who loves stories. And you and I talked about this. I'm intrigued with the, the narrative identity and how people's stories and the roles that they have um, define who they are to some degree. And so I enjoy meeting with people every day, learning more about who they are and looking for connections and opportunities for synergy. And so for me, every day I get a chance to meet with amazing people. And that's good. And it's not that I get a chance to really transform them as much as it's a mutual process that in the connections that we make, my life is even enriched and better by it. So I get a chance every day to become a better person because of the relationships I make. Absolutely. And you and I spoke about connection, how powerful. Yeah. I mean, it's the number one human need and, and that's what drives us to uh, get to know each other and, 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 and get to know one another and help one another and so forth. Yes. So with the benefit of hindsight, what would you have done differently in your life or career? You know, it, it, one of the things, and there's several, but there, I, I learned that all money is not good money. I think I would have made some different decisions about people that I worked with when I was younger. I was so determined to take all these opportunities on. And sometimes I made decisions that weren't really beneficial for me. Um, and so I would change the way that I dealt with business. Um, I didn't have enough balance. And in retrospect, I look at in order to be successful, there has to be a level of balance that exists. And sometimes you can be so driven that you don't really take care of yourself as well. And that's been a lesson for me that um, and I think for women, we don't do that as well. We're so nurturing and we want to make sure that, you know, we're taking care of everyone else that I don't think we always take the time to sit back and look at um, our own value and what we bring to the table. And I think in many of the money decisions I made, I didn't see my own value. Mm. And I'm learning that better now. 
Yeah, I can relate to that one. And I think also balance is one I still struggle with. You know, it's, um, you know, that, that you don't want to let people down. You know, there's almost like a guilt associated with it because you want to help people and you, and you forget yourself in the midst of it, you know, because you're so focused externally. So to turn around that focus internally to bring balance, that's something I'm still learning to do. Getting there slowly. I think we all are. If we admit to it, yeah, absolutely. Well, and you think about when you're on an airplane, they always tell you put your mask on first and then help the other people around you. We can't be effective when we don't take care of ourselves. And it's a lesson that I am still learning. It, it, it's, I think it's an ongoing journey to your point. Mm, absolutely. That's so true. So what's the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Oh, wow. The best piece of advice. Again, there's a lot of it. Um, hmm, I would say that um, it's about relationships. I think I, one, of, one of the things that I've always heard about is the value of connecting to people that whenever you go to a funeral, you never hear them talking about um, what someone did professionally or how much money that they made. And so I guess the best piece of advice is making sure you invest in the relationships and people around you, because those are the folks that when it, you know, really matters, you're going to need them. And that has been proven for me over and over again, that when I've needed, you know, people to be available, whether it's been sickness or challenges I'm faced with, um, it's the relationships that really have mattered and made a difference. And I'm, I'm learning that that's where we sometimes don't make the investment. And I even, as much as I, I do that, I, I'm learning that it, it has to be something that's intentional and deliberate and that you can't take that for granted. People won't always be there. So true. You know, even uh, you hear about it all the time when people have either, you know, there's some people that I've worked with and, you know, and executives and CEOs and they're driving themselves and, and, and driving themselves to burnout. And it's not till something happens where they have a heart attack or something that happens that they turn around and they say that in, in those moments, those critical moments, the one thing that they think about is their relationship, their loved ones, not about work and not about how much money. So it brings it back to reality. It's like we all do it. We push ourselves and we, we, we are driven by uh, external, I guess, influence, whether it's money or success or whatever that may be. And really, it, it, it's uh, sometimes you've got to catch yourself out when you're doing that because we get so caught up with this thing called work. And then yes. how do you then pull yourself back away from that to create yeah, and, that and balance? balance? How do you, you do that? How, how do you do that? I think it, it one, it, it, you have to be intentional. It's very easy when you are passionate about something to allow that to drive you. And I've done it. And I think it, it really is having the balance. For me lately, I've been very fortunate because I've had the opportunity to reconnect with some childhood friends. And that has really helped me. And spending time with my mom has really helped me get grounded again about what's important. And I realized as much as I was chasing this idea of success and helping other people, that what really made me happy was spending time with people who loved me and who have known me, you know, since I was a kid and really have watched me grow up. I got more satisfaction 
out of those moments than I have with, you know, doing something spectacular at work or getting, you know, some kind of pat on the back. It's been the relationships. And for me now, it's it's really being intentional about how do you find the time to make sure that you're including um, the space for those kinds of connections. Because I realized that's what I had been missing. As much as I told other people they needed that, I had been missing that in my own life. And now I'm, I'm looking at I need it just as much as I need to eat and to breathe. I need to be able to stay connected to people who love me and who encourage and inspire me so that I can do the wonderful and spectacular things at work. Mm, and you just said something really important then, giving you the space to do that. And that's pretty, I guess that's how much... Uh, that's what you would do, I guess, you know, in the sense of creating that balance is giving you the space to do that. Yeah. So obviously relationship is very critical uh, for everybody, but obviously for you, it's been one of those um, point of focus. So in a relationship, when we're thinking about a relationship, what's been the greatest lesson that you have learned about relationships? You got to have give and take. You have got to know that there is going to be conflict. I think in our society, we look at conflict as something negative and it's an opportunity. And I think that we spend so much time running away and avoiding opportunities to grow and conflict happens in relationships and it's an opportunity to grow. So for me, that's been the biggest lesson is know that that's going to exist. It's making sure that you don't see it as something that means it's the end of a relationship or that it's going to create an impasse, it really is an opportunity for you and the other person to work through it. And it happens. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, I think relationships definitely, you learn from your relationships. I was saying saying this the other day to uh, one of my colleagues is that relationships are lessons and sometimes somebody comes into your life, uh, whether it's a, you know, a male or a female, and we have to look at that. What is it that we're going to learn from this person? Because I know for myself, the people that are around me, they all teach me something. And it's in building those relationships with these individuals that I learn from them. And I know that most of the time, it's something that I don't own myself. Yes. That I almost well, and project. So with people in your life, I'm learning this too, that sometimes people that cause you the most conflict, it quite often is either one or two things. It's a reflection of something within you and you don't really like that, or it's a reflection of what you could become. And so people are teachers. And I think at certain times in your life, teachers are sent to help you become a better human being. And it, it, it depends on how you look at it. You can see it as the glass half empty or the glass half full. It really is an opportunity when you do have people that can be difficult um, for that to be an opportunity to help you stretch and grow and look at, oh, I don't want to be this way. Um, or look at it and go, wow, there's something in me that bothers me because that's something that I have to deal with within myself and make it better. Mm, I hear you. And I'm like that too. I think about everything's an opportunity. Everything that uh, you know happens to me, I take ownership. I look at it and say, what did I do to create this? And how can I fix that up? So I'm very much like that. I think very, very much like that. So what advice would you uh, give your younger self? I would tell her it's going to be okay. I, I had a childhood where um, even though I had an amazing family that loved me, I was bullied as a kid. And it's hard when you're going through those kind of situations to see the end 
And it was a struggle. And so I would say to the, the younger Francois, it turns out, okay, you will be absolutely fine. Just keep persevering and know that that has nothing to do with you. It's more about them. Oh, it's beautiful. So what keeps you up at night, Frozo? Oh, what keeps me up at night? Um, wow. My dogs, when they're barking, <laughs> they, they keep me up quite often because they want to talk. You know, I really don't have those kinds of, of worries. I, I tend to be someone who um, I think a lot. But there's not like something in particular that keeps me, you know, stressed. I'm a person of faith. And so for me, prayer and meditation is really important. And that's how I'm able to deal with things, even though it may take me a while to get through it. I, I really believe that um, there's something greater than all of us. And so to think that you, you can control everything, you can. And it gives me a sense of peace to know that I don't have to worry about everything, that there are some things that are beyond my control. And so I really don't have, there are things that, that concern me that I see in the world that bother me or things with my daughter, you know, or family members, but I can't say it necessarily keeps me up at night because I know that all things are going to work together for good, regardless of it may be a difficult situation now, it's going to work out. If only everyone thought like you. <laughs> oh, That's, I have my moments. It's not always like that, but I come back to it. No, true. And you, and the thing, the reason why I ask what keeps you up at night, it's quite interesting what comes out in conversation when, you know, and it, uh, it's a unique one about the dogs keeping you up at night. But, um, you know, they talk about worrying about money. They talk about worrying about their partners and their children and their family and the world. And, you know, and then we, when you deep dive into it and you say, well, how much control do you actually have over that? They've got no control. So then they realize that this thing that they worry about that keeps them up at night is a waste of time and energy. But I also use uh, prayer and, uh, and meditation as well. And I think that sometimes, like you said, it may take you a bit of time to get there, but it's the journey to get there that's the whole yes. growth process as well. Yes. Yeah. So talking about growth, what drives you or who inspires you? What gets you going? My, my mom is an inspiration for me because um, my mom went to college for a year and came back home to take care of her mom and got married and devoted so much of her life to making sure that I was okay. And so that inspires me because I saw my mom go through a lot. And to watch this very strong woman um, who still has a sense of humor. She's going through some health issues now. And to see her resilience, when I start complaining about I don't feel good or I'm going through this and I look at her resilience and her sense of humor and determination, that inspires me. But the flip side of that too is my daughter is an inspiration because I look at this young woman and I see the possibilities and I see hope. And so to have both of these, as I call it, bookends, that are there supporting me is amazing um, that at this point in my life, I can say that um, I have that kind of support. I'm, I'm driven by um, wanting to see things better. We live in a world with a lot of chaos and, and you look at the news and there's a lot of um, bad things that happen. And I think people get sucked into that. And 
I'm inspired by the opportunity that you can make a difference regardless of what happens, that there are good, positive people who live in the world that are making things happen and you don't get a chance to hear about it or see it as much. And so that's what really is the, the drive for me. It's a passion to try to be a better person. Um, but also, how do I connect to other people and help them in, in this quest to be the best that we can be? And that's exciting. And to have these bookends of my mom and my daughter who, you know, and some wonderful friends who support me. Wow. It, the, the possibilities are, are endless. Oh, absolutely. And I love those two words, hope and opportunity and possibility, like very powerful words. And, and I myself too, I don't, I actually don't watch the news or read the news because uh, I do get affected by it, you know. And you I, I actually said to my partner, why doesn't somebody create a channel uh, where it's just all good news all over the world. Yes. Why don't, but why? It's, it's this desire. I don't know. They, they have this expression that says, if it bleeds, it leads. And so people are intrigued by negativity. And you have to be careful because I used to look at these reality shows and I've had to really get away from that because you begin to start looking at people as if everybody's, you know, some bad person. They're out to get you. Um and it really does change the way that you see the world and you can't see the good. And so I find myself having to do it in doses, you know, if do if at all, because it, it is challenging. I stopped watching the news too for a point and I'll look at certain things and then I have to turn it off because it does impact the way you feel about the world and you become frightened of everybody and everything. Absolutely. It's very much fear-driven. And I, I'm, I, I personally, um, you know, I remember this is years and years ago. And we didn't grow up from my, – um, my background is we're French and we didn't watch a lot of TV. We didn't watch the news. So we were brought up like that. So for me to watch the news and get affected by it for a month even, um, I decided no more. I don't, I don't want to be exposed to this kind of information because I have no control over it. And if anything, it has an impact on my emotion. And then I think about, oh, that poor person or those poor children. And, um, and yeah, it does. It has an impact on, on how I create my day. Yes. So, Dr. Froswa, I forgot to say, Dr. Froswa, if you had I to pick. That. <laughs> no, I just looked and went, oh, doc, it's Dr. Froswa. So, if you had to dis- just pick one word to describe your personal ba- brand, what would that be? My mother said it's work. <laughs> and she said, that's what I do. I'm always doing something. You know, I think the word, besides what my mom said, I think the word would be connection. I love people and I love, you know, meeting new and exciting people. So I think, you know, anything that you would see about me is really about relationships and building connections. I have to agree with that. I've only known you for a short time, but yes, I do want to give you a cyber hug through the computer right now. But, <laughs> Great, let's try it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I have to agree with you. From the moment I connected with you, it is all about connection and you have got this beautiful, big, warm heart. You can just It just shines through. It's absolutely gorgeous. So talking about how gorgeous you are, if you had to give our listeners three golden nuggets, what would they be? It changes every day, but I think today it would be be good to yourself. We spend so much time beating ourselves up. Love on you. Um, and, and I've been telling a good friend of mine that you have to bet on yourself. When other people don't see your value, and they may not, 
you've got to bet on you. So that, that would be another nugget. And then I would say, um, follow your passion. I think sometimes we are so um, focused on what this idea of success is. And when you follow your, your passion, you're going to connect to people. For some reason, it seems like just the universe brings people into your path that can support you when you're walking the path that you were designed to be. And, and we spend so much time trying to model other people instead of being the authentic selves that we were created to be. So how do you follow your passion and your purpose and connect to others who can help you? That's true success right there. Yeah, absolutely. But that's a, they're big words actually, passion and purpose, because it's, it's people think uh, following your passion is also uh, doing the things that you love to do, which it is. It's, it's, it's that simple. But it's also going as far back as some of the things that you did when you were little as well. So, you know, some of the things that we lose uh, – and that it's that connection piece. You know, it may be that once upon a time, um, I used to love painting and growing up, I used to love painting, but something um, got in the way. And whether it's, you know, whether, you know, it's self-doubt, am I going to make money out of making, you know, doing some paintings? Am I, what is it going to, is it, what's it going to do for me? And people start letting uh, their passions go because other things get in the way, you know, there's self-doubt or whether they're going to make money from it. And I really believe that if you do follow your passion, you never have to work a day in your life. Because yeah, you're having fun. Absolutely. But why do you think that is? Why do you think people just let go of the things that they love the most because money gets in the way? It's fear. You know, I, I was listening to a webinar some years ago where this lady was talking about abundance blocks. And I think it's things that happen in our childhood that really impact our thinking. And one of the things that we, you know, pick up very young is about money. And we learn fear around you're not going to be able to live and, and not teaching young people that when you're passionate about what you do, Doors will begin to open because of that passion and helping them surround themselves with people that are supportive and getting mentors. We don't really talk about that as much in our society because we spend so much time looking at how much we can make and we're driven by the fear of not having and this idea of lack. And we don't recognize that you can have a lot of material wealth and still be spiritually lacking. And at some point, those kinds of ideas are going to collide so how do you help people recognize that when you're spiritually healthy, that there is a wealth that comes as a result of that? That's so true. Absolutely true. You know, I remember, um, uh, you know, money doesn't go on trees. Yeah, see, don't, that's yeah, don't, and I, I catch myself saying that too, you know, like if I see my son throwing a bit of food out, it's like, do you know in, in some countries they actually don't <laughs> have food? You know, yes. I, I catch myself, I speak like my mother. But they're all worthy well, comments as well. Well, and we speak that and we end up bringing those kinds of destinies for ourselves. I don't think we recognize. And again, it's something I struggle with and I'm, I'm, I'm working through. But we don't realize the power of our words that quite often you already have set up to fail just by what you've said. So if you go, oh, money doesn't grow on trees or we're not going to have, you tend to create that kind of destiny for yourself. So how do we help people change the way that they think about Money, how do they think about, and I, again, I'm wrestling with that because I see the power of my words when I'm positive, 
then wonderful things seem to happen. And when I'm negative, I seem to attract more of that in my life. And it's this ongoing journey of being very aware of what I'm saying because I'm creating a destiny for myself. Yeah, that's so true. I like that, creating a destiny. It's so true. It's, it's, you know, I look at it this way. Whatever you are vibrating at that very instant, good or bad, and good or bad is what, how we label it, we yes. are like a magnet in this world. We will attract it. So if we are thinking negative or speaking negative, guess what? We will bring it into our environment. And the yes. opposite happens as well. If we think and speak positive, then we'll attract that into our environment. It is that simple. But it's about catching ourselves out doing that. Yes. Stepping out of the unconscious into the conscious. Yes. Easier said than done. It is. <laughs> it is. But it's a journey. And, and that's why we connect to people who reinforce it because there are days that things happen beyond your control and your initial response is to react and, you know, and, and not necessarily be proactive but you're being reactionary and and that's part of it but that's why the community is so important so that you have people who reinforce those ideas and tell you it's going to be okay and who are speaking life over your life because we don't always do that for ourselves so we need those accountability partners and that that, that community of support to help us so Frost, what what's your little tip or your little secret to how you step out of your unconscious into your conscious like how do you catch yourself out being negative or thinking negative what do you do it, it you know there are times I don't do it well I have to be honest um again it, it's having the relationships with people I talk to my mom a lot and I have friends from my childhood that I will call and start whining to and they will remind me of things that I've said or you know help me to get back on track but I try to surround myself with not only positive people, but, you know, making sure that I'm reading things that help me um, become aware um, and, and really watch my mindset at the time. Um, I remember some years ago, I used to say when something was funny, I would always go, wow, that's killing me. And a friend of mine brought it to my attention and said, why do you say that? Because it really isn't killing you. That's, I wouldn't say that. And having people to remind you be careful of what you speak. So when I'm not able to do that for myself, I'm so gracious that I have positive people in my life who remind me of the things that I'm saying that are not so positive. Oh, that's good. I, I, I can still catch myself out saying silly things like that. And then I have to stop myself. Like I'll go, God, you're silly. And then yes. I'll go, oh, no, don't say that to yourself. Just don't say that to yourself. And we're self-deprecating as a society. I mean, we we try to lessen who we are so that we don't feel out of place for some strange reason. And, and it's, it's almost common for people to be self-deprecating. I mean, you look at a lot of the comedians and when people are positive about themselves, we, you know, equate that with arrogance and being cocky. And yet, when people are self-deprecating, we love and accept that. And I think it really is more about a societal issue of what self-love looks like um, because it is so prevalent in our society how we are okay with people putting themselves down. And when they are saying positive things, we go, oh, you're so arrogant. You know, why, why? they have the big head. And so it, it, it's really bigger than us and, and it's systemic. It's all around us, and it's something that you have to really fight and be conscious of. I hear you loud and clear. That's so true. Very good. 
So, Frozwa, it is uh, at the end of our beautiful connection. And how do people find you? You can find me. I have a website called frossoiserules.com. Um, and so you can look on that. I've got books that are available. Really, they're workbooks for women to help women become their best selves. And so um, all that's on the website. And I am open. I love emails. And so um, any any way that you can reach out to me, I'm on Skype, um, on Twitter at Frosois. So I, I'm on social media. So I love getting emails and opportunities to connect with wonderful people. Beautiful. Well, Frosso, I can't thank you enough for coming on this morning. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'm just going to, even though we are going to finish our conversation, I'm going to talk to you a little bit longer just because I love to hear your voice. But thank you (laughs) so very much. And I'm sure our listeners will absolutely love your accent just as much as I do. (laughs) Thank you so much for the opportunity. I love you. I love you too. See you, gorgeous. All right. Bye-bye. That brings us to the end of the show. If you have any questions, please send us an email to jennifer at iamwomanproject.com.au or Twitter at iamwomanproject and we will get right back to you. If you were listening to this podcast on iTunes, please make sure you leave a review or rating about the show. We would love to hear your thoughts. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, please take care.